Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in a topical study with special guest teacher Joel Ortega from Jesus is the Way Calvary Chapel here in the south side of San Antonio, Texas. The title of this sermon is Be Courageous, and we'll be in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 9. Here is the first half of this two-part study. Well, good morning. Again, like uh, Pastor Mike just said, my name is Joel Ortega. We, we come from the south part of San Antonio, Calvary Chapel, Jesus is the Way. Our church really began over, I want to say about almost 20 years ago. Uh, but I wasn't always the pastor there. I've, I've been the pastor there at this church for a little bit over seven years already. Um, a little bit quick about my testimony of who I am, you know, how I became the pastor or how I even came to ministry. Years ago, when I got saved, we got saved at a Calvary Chapel because my wife and I wanted to get married. And so we didn't know anything about Calvary Chapel. Somebody just simply invited us to come over to the church and talk to the pastor. And, I, and, and uh, at that time, I said, isn't a pastor taking care of sheep out in the field? Well, sure enough, yeah, they take care of sheep, but a different kind of sheep. Fast forward, I never walked with the Lord until, and by the way, we're from California. Sorry. We're from California, so when we got to Texas, you know, those bumper stickers that said, I got here as soon as I could, yeah, that was us. <laughs> and I'm glad to say that I live in the greatest country of the United States, Texas. This is, this is where we belong. Uh, it wasn't, I wasn't walking with the Lord until I got here in Texas. This is where the Lord got a hold of me. It really shook me up and showed me that I was about to lose my family. And everything, all the blessings that he had for me. One of those people that I only wanted two children. That's it. And, and being two children, I said, that was too many. Well, the Lord uh, placed people in our lives. They had 10, 12, 18, 20 children. Is that me? Is that me fading off? Sorry. Uh, and so I said, you know what, Lord? And how many, however many children do you want to send us? So we have six children. Oldest is 24. The youngest is four years old. We have a rumbunctuous little grandchild. He's four years old. He's going to be five. We're in the process of foster adopting. And we want to have 12 children. Not just biological, but, you know, we want to be able to adopt. 
we're in the process of this. And so the Lord got a hold of me and spoke to me one time that I was reading the Bible to my family. In the book of Hebrews chapter 5, we're going through the book of Hebrews, just reading it, just reading through it, that's it. And we got to the point where, where this is Paul speaking about how we're still, you know, he's, it says, you are still dull. And there's so much more that I could, and I'm paraphrasing that, I want to teach you about the oracles of God, but you are still partaking of milk. And at that point, to me, it was like he, the words just sounded so loud. By now, you ought to be teachers of the law. And I paused and I told my wife, did you hear that? He said, yeah, I'm listening to you read. And I said, no, 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 let me read it again. And again, I read the chapter again, and it was loud. Well, it wasn't until several years later when I understood after many people from other congregations, you know, outside of Calvary Chapel, said, one day you're going to be a pastor, one day you're going to be a pastor. And I said, no, I don't want to be a pastor. Because I became very close to my pastor to the point where I saw everything that happens in the background. All those things, all those heartbreaks, the, the times that he cried, um, the, uh, the hard, hardships that he dealt with, uh, with finances and work and all that. I saw that, all that in the background. I said, no, I don't want to be a pastor. But the Lord is gentle, and he slowly reeled me in uh, to be a pastor. And I became the pastor not in the circumstances that I thought I would have become a pastor, but I became a pastor. And so I'm proud to say, because of the Lord, not because of me, that I am, I'm glad that I am in, in His service, serving Him. It's not for me, it's not for my family, it's not for anybody, it's just for Him. That's for Him. And so that's who I am, Calvary Chapel, Jesus is the way. We've had a name change, we used to be called just Calvary Chapel Southside. And then we, we changed our name to Calvary Chapel, South San Antonio. And then when finally I said, you know what, this is our new ministry, Jesus is the way. That's our new ministry. And so we, we just recently moved to the location where we're at. Um, and even that, that in itself, is just, there's, there's a testimony behind that that I will share, you know, at another time. This morning... Um, I know that we carry chapels are used to going book by book, verse by verse. But this morning, of course, we know that we're taking a break, all of us. And uh, even I know last week, y'all took a break and Pastor Mike taught on baptism. So this, this morning, I'm not so much going to teach on a specific verse, but I am going to springboard off of one, one verse and then continue on with other verses throughout the Bible. Last week, my family and I, uh, we took a trip to North Houston, which is called the Woodlands. And this is this was for a homeschool convention. Are there, are there any homeschoolers here? There's one back there. One family back there, okay. We're the oddball. And I work for uh, a homeschool organization here in San Antonio, FEAST. If you ever heard of FEAST or FEAST Sports, uh, I work for them. Anyway, so we took this trip to the Woodlands, this homeschool convention. And so I thought everything was going to be homeschool. Well, it turned out that that was not the case. It was more of a preach. It, it was like I went to a retreat. I, be, I came back refreshed with more further knowledge about the Lord, more on fire. And the Lord used this conference to, to confirm several things that he had already placed in my heart. 
And in my family's, uh, you know, journey that we're already on, he, he solidified it. And then not only this, but also on our way back, it, and he even confirmed it even more, gave us even more hope, and I'll share part of this trip or uh, uh, we experienced. Um, turn to the book of Joshua, chapter, chapter 1. Joshua, he's my favorite Bible character. And the first message that I taught as a pastor was Joshua chapter 1. Now in Joshua chapter 1, I'll give a brief background about what's going on here in this chapter. Now this is Joshua, who is one of two, only two that actually came in to the promised land. You all know the story. Uh, that they had been after leaving Egypt, after Moses had led them out of Egypt into the wilderness, they spent 40 years. And God said, you're a stiff-necked people. In other words, you're cabezon, you're hard-headed, stiff-necked people. None of those people, which were millions of people, they all died and made it into the promised land except for two. That is Joshua and Caleb. Moses got to see it at a distance. Not even he himself was allowed to go into the promised land. And so Joshua, who, who we meet early on before, you know, the book of uh, or Joshua, he, he's, he's, the first time we see him in scriptures, he's prepared for battle. And he's put in charge of an army to prepare people. And so once he takes over from Moses, he's got to fill big shoes, or, or I often joke, he's got to fill big sandals. This is what he's doing. He's about to step into the role that Moses used to have, and now God is lead, going to lead him so that he can lead the rest of the people of this new generation coming into the promised land. But he's not just, you know, lead them in and say, hey, you pick a house wherever you want to live. They got to come in in battle and take it take it we often we christians often think that when we become christians so we are called christians and i use quote because that's what we sometimes we think that it's going to be an easy life god never in the scriptures unless i, I missed it you you can show me afterwards never promised us that we're going to be walking on a nice green you know flowery knoll you know, it doesn't say that. It's, it's a battle. It's a constant battle. And it's a reminder for us that just like Joshua and the people came into the land, we also have to go into the land, figuratively speaking, and battle and take what belongs to the Lord, what He has already promised to us. All right. So in Joshua chapter 1, and again, I'm only going to use this verse to, to springboard into the message. Chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. And he says, this is God speaking to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, he wasn't, God wasn't talking about having wealth, you know, physical, material things, or success, being, meaning that he climbed the corporate ladder. That's not what he was talking about. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so, here, we know that Joshua, we see that Joshua is afraid. How do I know that? Because God says, do not be afraid. He specifically says to him, do not be afraid, because he knew that Joshua was afraid. I share this often with, with our congregation, that every time I come up to the pulpit, wherever I go, I'm always nervous and I'm afraid because I am going to give an account one day to the Lord as to what I taught. If I taught heresy, I'm going to be held accountable. Or if I didn't teach it properly, I'm going to be held accountable. And that's part of my prayer before I come to the pulpit. I always sit in the back of the church by myself. I did so earlier. And I pray, Lord, do not take the fear away from me. That's kind of weird to say. Do not take the fear away from me, Lord. Because the day that I say, you know what, I'm confident I'm going up there. I have no fear. That's the day that I walked away from you. So I say, do not take this fear away from me. Let me always be afraid, but knowing that you're there with me. Because he is. Now, before I proceed, I want to just say something. The message that I'm about to share comes both from the heart of a pastor. And at the same time, because I am a father comes more from the heart of a father. So if at any point I say something that, uh, you know, I touched the wrong string or, or, or uh, say something that insulted somebody, uh, please forgive me ahead of time. Uh, that's not my intent. And if you at any point disagree with something that I said, you know, I'm welcome to, to you know, not during service, you know, Afterwards, we can sit on the side, pull me to the side and say, hey, you said such and such, and, and we can discuss. We'll pray about it. But just know that my message comes from the heart of a pastor and the heart, mostly from the heart of a father. Because we're seeing these children being ravaged, being devoured by the enemy, the enemy of our souls. And so... I pray that you use these words as an encouragement as, as Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, that we ought to admonish one another, encourage whether in song or in prayer, to encourage one another. And so this should also be a message that to some of us should wake us up, to shake us, to rattle us, to some just a simple reminder that you, I, we are not each other's enemies. All right? That the enemy, again, the enemy of our souls is out there prowling. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion looking for who he wants to devour. But I also want to give you a reminder that he cannot do anything without first asking permission from God the Father. Let me switch microphones. Keep going. Now, 2020 happened, right? And all of us got taken by surprise. Uh, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't know what was going on. Shut down, you stop everything. But then I know some people did realize that, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. And so 2020 happened, 
And all of a sudden, things started to come up, not making sense, and we raised questions. And fast forward to today, three years ago, it hasn't been that long ago, three years. And, and there's so many changes that have happened. C.S. Lewis uh, once wrote, when the world is headed straight to a cliff, those who are running in the opposite direction seem to be the ones that have lost their mind, unquote. And a lot of us were running the opposite way than from the rest of the world, weren't we? And we, look, they were, we were looked at as, you're the one, you're the crazy one, what are you doing? Just, you know, just obey. Just obey and take the, the jab, and it's, if, if some of you took the jab, you know, nothing against you. That was your decision as a family, as an individual, that's your decision. But for a country to be forced as a whole to do this, that's one unconstitutional, and not even God does this to us, right? He doesn't force us to do anything. Now, we've had since the farce or, or the fake agenda, which was really not a fake, it, it actually happened, but the world's going to end. You know, the sky is falling, COVID-19 happened, right? And now fast forward to now, we see that the economic banks are, are collapsing. China and, and Russia and our southern borders, which by the way, our, our vice president says, oh, it's because of due to climate change and because of the passage of time. That's the reason that's happening, all these things. No, come on. Really, do you have to be that, as Paul says, you got to be that dull to not be able to see these things, right? Um, pastor uh, Gary Hamrick, who is a, a pastor at Calvary Chapel in, uh, I think it's West Virginia, I can't remember. He once said, do you know the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? And then he said, it's about six months. Because then you see the truth, right? You, you start to see the truth. Like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Listen, our children, our women, again, they're being ravaged, they're being destroyed. And I say the women and our children, because look at what's going on at the schools. Whether public, whether charter, whether private, it doesn't matter, including those who call themselves Christian schools. They're being indoctrinated. They're being secretly away from their parents, being castrated, mutilated. And excuse those words that I'm using, but that's the reality that's happening. Um, like I said, uh, we, we homeschool. Not all of our children, two of our children do go to uh, a church academy, Calvary Chapel Academy. But not all the students that go there, attend there, they're, they're not all believers. So even there... It has infiltrated this wokeism, these attacks of the enemy have infiltrated. But it's even more so in the public again, in the public schools, the charter schools, all these other schools. And while we may say, well, I teach my children the Bible. My children are not that way. And, and there, I've heard this once and I'm like, what did you just say? They're little missionaries in the field. Really? You sent your children to be missionaries in the midst of the field to not being prepared? We ourselves who are adults, we struggle so much and we fall. And then you're saying this about your children? 
who are more vulnerable to the wiles of the enemy? This world, or I should say this country, in three more years, we're about to have our, our birthday to be 250 years old. And who knows a little bit about history? When was our birthday as a country? Come on, history. Thank you, July 4th, 1776. So in three more years, 250 years as a country, as a country that was founded on godly principles, a nation that has been blessed by God, who is supposed to be used for God's people and for the rest of the world. But we're allowing, and I say we collectively, we are allowing, not just the church, we're allowing the little barking chihuahua to, to dictate what goes in our schools and now even more so in our churches you know thanks be to God that at least I know this church is not that way you know the first time I heard Pastor Mike preach uh, and it was at a, at a men's retreat I'm like man I like the way he preaches I think uh, Pastor I don't know who know if you all know Pastor Joe Marquez I think Pastor uh, Joe called him the hammer, the Texas hammer, because he laid it down. I'm like, man, I like the way he taught. Now, men, men, we, you, I, we are called. We've been given the privilege, the gift to defend our families. And many of us, and I've seen this in many churches, I should say in all the churches, all the churches, the men are the ones sitting down. The men are the ones who raise their hands very last after wife has, you know, with the elbow, or okay, well, might as well, right? We're the last ones who, who would do anything. Unless the pastor goes and says, hey, can you, well, I'll pray about it. Oh, my goodness. I know Pastor Mike has the same mentality because we've talked about this. Now, the, the, the enemy, again, is coming against our family, especially our children and our women. We men ought to be at the forefront of this battle. This is the battle that we're facing. We're supposed to be the ones, the first ones, the first defense line who are supposed to be facing this head on. And we're hiding behind our wives oftentimes because the wives are the ones serving a church the wife is because we use this as an excuse I've heard this multiple times because she's better at teaching the Bible because she's better at praying because she's better at finances because she's better I'll admit this women are smarter yes women are smarter and they have a more sensitive spirit to hear from the Lord that is true I'll admit this I've said this to our church multiple times but you men, you and I, we're the ones who have been called. What happened in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve? Eve was the one who took the first bite, but who was watching her and approving? Adam, we were. And we just, okay, well, let it go. The enemy is no longer hiding his horrendous, ugly face. He's parading, literally parading in the streets. And making money in return too. He's a, he's in target. 
Look at all the, the, the new clothing line that they had. I know that's been in the news lately. But that's not just Target. This is not just recent. It just became so public. He, he's been in there for a much longer time. He's at HEB. I know that we all shop at HEB. You know that HEB in Austin, he, they, uh, they, they sponsor, they pay for the parades, you know, the pride parades multiple times. And I'm not saying to go boycott it. You know, each one of you will make decisions about what you will, won't do. Chick-fil-A. I know everybody holds Chick-fil-A so high. You know, me personally, I've never really fell for, for Chick-fil-A sandwich. I, like, yeah, I like it, but, but even Chick-fil-A has bent towards the, the wokeism. The first time it became apparent to me was again in 2020 when you know, a famous rapper went, and I don't mind saying his name, Lecrae, said that aligned with the you know BLM stuff and he made a white person clean his shoes in public and being live streamed. And I'm like really sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Now I'm not now I'm not here to trash any of these companies. I'm just letting you know because the enemy has put a blind over our eyes. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 